Buzz Crackalackin' everybody. Money Smart Guy, Matt Zapala here. Hailing to you from Dallas, Texas. And in this episode, 17, wow. you've got a couple things here in common. You got a guy that just went through eye surgery. You got a co-host that uh, is at 100, what, 103 degree? 101. 101 degree fever. Yeah. Uh, he's been asking me to do CPR the entire time. <laughs> I told him I retired from doing mouth to mouth. But nonetheless, we are here to provide value to our followers and our community because no matter what, the show must go on. So in this show today, uh, we got a lot, lot to cover. So uh, very interesting things have happened here in the last seven days. If I was just to summarize it, we're going to summarize it here in this, in, this, uh, in this show. So Americans right now has nothing saved for retirement. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Biden is increasing mortgage rates, not for bad credit holders, but for people that have good credit. We're going to have my reaction to that too as well and uh, also promote an event here we have with a fellow buddy, loan officer, leader, extraordinary influencer in the marketplace named Amir Syed. We're doing an IG live about what to do with the insurance and more, more, specific, more specifically with the mortgage crisis, housing crisis in terms of affordability uh, tomorrow. Um, in addition to that, George Foreman says, Jesus is more important than fame than then uh, more important than fame, he's got a new movie coming out too as well, new, a new fat loss drug we're going to be unpacking today, the benefits and dangers explained by our fitness extraordinary here, Milton Alvarez, and uh, last but not least, man, one in five adults don't want kids. want kids. That's not good, man, but anywho, how you doing, brother? Had better days? I've had better days, man, <laughs> we're here. I'm excited, regardless. Let's, let's do it, man. So, uh, all right, let's, let's, talk, let's talk about uh, this. One of the biggest... IG shorts, one of the biggest uh, YouTube shorts that I have on uh, Seven Figure Squad that I get, I just get crushed by comments on. It's the fact that I meet on a regular basis with people who are in their late 50s, early 60s, and they literally have nothing saved for retirement. And, uh, you know, because there's many different ways to save for retirement. You can, you can save, you know, 10%, 20%, whatever you want on a monthly basis, and that's mm -hmm. called wealth accumulation. I've adopted a principle called wealth acceleration, which means that no matter what you have earned in 30, 40, 50 years, through entrepreneurship, I've been able to accelerate wealth because business allows me to control my income, to control my, later on, to control your time and efforts into things that return you revenue, money, for the time invested you have. That's the beauty of capitalism. That's the beauty of entrepreneurship. That's the beauty of taking a risk because things may not work out, but when it does, man, it's a beautiful thing. And um, so... A new survey, let's take a look at this article here uh, when you get ready, uh, um, Jordan. Many older Americans haven't saved anything for retirement. A new survey finds 27% of people age 59 and older have no money set aside for their later years, okay? Um, a, a couple of things here, uh, uh, Jordan, as, as I continue to, um, Jordan, so a, a couple of things here as, I, uh, as, as I'm unfolding here is that for those aging Americans who do, not, who do not have retirement savings, persistent inflation has worsened $7 trillion in retirement savings shortfall. So America has undersaved for retirement by $7 trillion. Among baby boomers employed and saving for retirement, 17% have decreased their contributions to their retirement accounts as a result of inflation, and 5% can't afford to contribute to their retirement accounts at all. More than 30% of the respondents said their net worth is zero dollars or less with younger generations being particularly affected. 41% of Gen Zers and 38% of millennials have zero or negative net worth compared to 20% of those age 59 and over. Despite this, one half of Gen Z respondents said they dream 
of gaining financial independence one day. Boom. Reality check. Reality check. So your dreams, goals, and aspirations is going to be realized whether or not you have the money to fund those goals, dreams, and aspirations. And I always tell you, for those of you who are watching our show, probably for the very first time and getting to know us on the Millionaire Goals podcast, is that looking to, we had a couple guys with no college degree, looking at a couple guys with, uh, uh, with no rich last names, no rich lineage or pedigree, but uh, we found our way and pathway to financial independence and freedom through entrepreneurship, free enterprise, and capitalism. So as you read this, I know, I know you're in a fitness world, but regardless if I'm in finance or you're in fitness, the principles still apply. 1,000%. I, uh, and piggybacking off of that, that man, I was um, working with one of my clients from back in Chicago that uh, I've worked with him for maybe about three years now. This man's about 68 years old. I started working with him in 2019, so four years ago I started working with him. Uh, pandemic happened, still kept working with him, and he, re he recently reached out to me, uh, I think maybe about four or five days ago. I was like, hey, Milton, um, I know we've been, working, we've been working really well together for these last couple of years. It's been great. Um, but unfortunately, I will no longer be able to continue working with you, yeah, and which, is, which is fine. Which, yeah. Okay, I understand. But you know, still asking the question on, well, what's going on? How can mm -hmm. I, you know, assist you be a service of you? If you're with me for past a year, two years, three years, there's ways that we'll, we'll still be able to work yeah. because you've been with me for so long. Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, man, uh, my son, who's actually three years older than me, so he's 34 years old, I'm 31. Financially, he's currently struggling. And he can't pay his bills, and because of that, I'm moving out of my my, my where, where I'm staying, where I'm staying, because he lives in a not, not a retirement home, but it's one of those big condo uh, complexes mm -hmm. where it's like they get like a prorated amount that they need to pay every month, which is cheaper than a regular rent. Yeah. Um, so this man is actually getting a part time job in order to help his son out and pay his bills out. Yeah, it's it's rough. So so in other words, a so he's 31 years old. He's he's the. Uh, uh, the younger uh, millennial, yeah, the younger millennial, the, the longer, uh, young, so somewhere in there, middle to younger millennial, can't afford to pay his own bills. Yeah, so he's got to move and shack up with dad. Yep. dad can't maintain his own yeah. bills. Yeah, so he's got to minimize, so therefore he can take care of his son. So one thousand percent. So let's create some solutions. Let's create some. Let's let's ideate some solutions. So I do workshops twice a week at our office right here in Carrollton. We have offices in Chicago. They do it twice a week. We have three offices up there in, in Chicago. We have. Multiple offices in Carrollton, Maryland. We have multiple offices in Memphis, Tennessee. Multiple offices in Orlando, Jack, uh, Orlando, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, uh, New, uh, New York, Freeport, um, uh, Mississippi, Alabama. I, I can go on and on and on. We have multiple offices. So I am boots to the ground when it comes to this stuff about what's going on with retirement because everybody wants to retire sooner than later. And this being Financial Literacy Month, but and the fact is that 21% of people want to plan for retirement, but they don't, they don't understand how to plan for retirement. They want to retire early, but they don't know how to plan for retirement. I don't get it. So, so there's a there's massive despair there. So 79% so of people are just winging it. 21% of actually have some form of solution. So when, when, you're, when you're looking at, you know, when you're looking at, you know, 70, 80% of people have some form of winging it mentality. 20, 30% are just, are, are just solid. They understand where they're going. So typical way to save for retirement 10% of your income, 20% of your income, 30% of your income, but this predicated on what? It's based on income. Yeah. So if you don't like the 10 or 20, 30%, for example, we run across people all the time, I wanna be a millionaire, what can you tuck away on a monthly basis? 150 bucks a month. Bro, how old are you? 30. You're not gonna get anywhere close to a million by tucking away 150 bucks yeah. a month. Maybe 1,500 a month, yep. or 2,500 a month, but and then the expectation like, well, 
And that's why everybody gets caught up next time a new crypto craze or Bitcoin, Bitcoin uh, uh, craze or something, soaps, potions, and lotions you can sell, which probably has some solid business models behind it, but it's not going to happen in the next 6, 12, 18, 24 months. And people are trying to swing for the fences. And that's how they get caught up because they lose the fundamental of basic financial literacy. Which is number one, if you don't like the income that you're making or the percentage of money that you're saving, you got to increase one thing. Not the savings rate, but you got to increase your, your income. Like, for example, you found that out a couple of days. My, or, you know, uh, my, my mentor, your, 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 uh, your, um, your client that you do massages with when mm -hmm. we have events. Patrick. You, Patrick, but David. Yeah. He announced that Tom Brady is coming to the vault uh, conference in September. Yeah. Okay? Exciting times, right? 1,000%. I got a text from you right away. Yeah. Seriously, bro? Bro, maybe I need to buy a ticket. Yeah. Bro, that's a $10,000 ticket. Yeah. The four-year younger version than you, working at the gym as a trainer, working for somebody, would you be having that conversation with me? Wouldn't even be able to afford general admission. Right away, you're canceling it out. Yeah. Why? Just can't afford it. Exactly. Can't afford it. So most people look at decisions in their life based on, can I afford it or not? Now, the wealth acceleration mentality says, how can I afford it? 1,000%. And so if you're looking at ways to get ahead financially, it's not what I can't do. You have to figure out what you can do. And so speaking of what they can do, let's take another look at this article. So, so where are people getting their financial guidance? Where are people getting their financial, financial future predicted? Is it their own efforts? No, young people are most likely to consult fortune tellers the crystal ball, as financial man. experts and are more familiar with Elon Musk's net worth than their own family's new study shows. Ain't that nuts? Okay, Jared, um, when, when I'm looking at this, millennials, um, despite the need for open conversations about money to achieve financial freedom, over 60% of people don't talk about money at all, with a large majority not discussing financial matters with their family, 63%, or friends, 75%. Instead, people are turning to search engines like Google mm -hmm. or TikTok yeah. or social media mm -hmm. for financial advice. And 50% of millennials are relying on them. And by the way, if there's a reason why we're doing a podcast, this is why. That's exactly why, baby. We don't want you to turn into fortune tellers. And by the way, we're a bunch of guys here on this podcast that aren't just talkers of making a million bucks. We're helping people make a million bucks. I've made seven figures in my life. I've been a, a multimillionaire since mid-30s. And that's after I filed bankruptcy. That's after I filed a, a, a divorce. That's been, well, I was a single father of three kids. Entrepreneurship, capitalism, free enterprise, I'll forever say this, the insurance industry has saved my financial life. And because of my pursuit of my financial life and to improve it, guess what it led me to? My faith life, it's the weirdest thing. People think it's the opposite. I, I can't tell you, man, bro, I, I went to church and said, I need to get my finance together. No, I went to get my finance together. I said, you know what? I can't bring this stuff out of my own. God, no where shit. are you? Bro, that was, that was my... That was a, lot my be, a lot of people have the notion of I need to go to church first and then I'll get my financial life ready. And then they go to one of those churches that say that uh, people who are too dug in to try to get their finances, uh, their, their finances together are, is the wrong doctrine to even be oh preaching. Oh, my gosh. What do they call it? The uh, prosperity gospel. What, what do they call it? The, uh, well, the uh, well, the, what's the opposite of prosperity gospel? You know, the, the broke, the broke model. I don't yeah. know. It's it's uh, it's it's uh, was Jesus was meek. You know, they yeah. try they try to sell you that it's it's easier for a rich man to go through an eye of a needle than 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 uh, than a rich man going to heaven. And people completely missed the point of that. Completely missed the point of the entire uh, uh, parable. But one one of the things, uh, Matt, that I that I've noticed about these younger people, especially these, the younger generation, the Gen Zs and the younger millennials. A lot of these people have either gotten it very easy 
or haven't been going through a major struggle like a lot of these older people have gone through or the older uh, millennials. People aren't at ease with the potential outcome of what their future looks like. For example, the people who are right now in their 60s, 70s with zero retirement. Mm -hmm. I have family, family members who are in their 50s, very close family members who are still working and have no idea what the next 20 years of their lives are going to look like. Yep. And when they retire, yep. it's their children who are my age that are going to be taking care of them because they have no financial uh, structure on what the next step is for them. And, and the challenge with that yeah. is by the time that happens, I mean, let me ask you a question. In the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you think you'll be married? I would hope so. Yeah. Okay. Would, would you so. would yeah. have kids? 1,000%. Will you probably have those kids in activities? Yeah, 1,000%. you want to travel the world with your wife? 1,000%. Will you want to uh, um, invest in other businesses? For sure. So in other words, in your pursuit of increasing your endeavors, yeah. now somebody, you know, a parent or relative now needs to yeah. lean on you? Yeah. That's the, ch that's the challenge. Yeah. And now you have to have choice. Do yeah. I take care of the people I love and care about, or do I expand my stuff? 1,000%. So, you know, you want to be able to do both. Correct. You know, so, you know, for, for example, I, I put in my post it on IG. I've taken care of my wife. I've taken care of my kids. My kids are in private school. My wife is never, ever working for another man ever again. My wife would never have another paycheck uh, stamped with another signature on that check outside of her husband. Mm. So my, my wife is not taking a check for no other man but her husband. We're working together in business. My mom and dad are retired. My in-laws are retired. My mother is my, my mother in laws asking me how to work the TV at the house. I don't know how to work the TV at the house. <laughs> Matt, how you do it? What's your log? What's your, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the house. Matt, yeah. How many TVs you got in this house? My nanny goes twelve. You don't know how to work any of these TVs. I'm like, mom, I don't know she, because my mother's a my mother in law's a, a sports freak. She yeah. loves watching her sports. I don't know how to work the TV at the house. I don't know how to work the damn. You know, you've been to my house. Yeah. I've got a whole media room. I got. I don't know how to work this stuff. Do you know why? Because I'm busy right now with the prime in my life to expand this endeavor, this, this wealth acceleration that God has bestowed in my life, and to make the best of it. I don't have time watching the next series. I don't have time for that type of stuff. You would agree, for at least for the younger people watching this, even the older folks, that the best thing you can possibly do is find a vehicle that you find true purpose in. Utilize that vehicle. Find ways to be able to monetize that specific vehicle, or you just say, screw that screw what you find purpose in and go into a vehicle that you know produces the monetary you know outcome that you're looking for i got involved in the insurance business completely by accident without any intention to do anything well with it or with the intention to find my purpose in it mm. i had one responsibility to be a provider and be a protector i'm a single father of three kids i need to provide i need to protect my kids from from poverty, from shame, from wick, from food stamps, from section 8 i don't want i don't want to depend on the government for nothing because to me, that was a pride thing. Yeah. And uh, I remember, that being said, I took WIC for 30 days. I'm here, I am at Albertsons on Red Hill. On Red Hill and uh, you know, for those of you in, in Orange County, right there on, on Red Hill and what is that, Edinger? The Albertsons right there, or right before you hit the freeway on, on I-5. And people behind me are huffing and puffing because I'm taking too long to go through my WIC stamps for cheese, cereal, milk, eggs. And, and I'm like embarrassed. And here I am, a sergeant in the Marines on WIC. I'm like, this will never happen again. As soon as the 30 days went, do you want to renew? No, I'm not waiting in line anymore. I'm going to find out how to make more money on my own. I want to be able to go in there with freedom. Boom. That's it. Done. But that was me. That's the way I was wired. Um, I just didn't want it to be dependent on anybody. I didn't want my mother to be dependent on government. I wanted my mother to be dependent on me. And if my mother is dependent on me, my father is dependent on me, I have the financial resources, time, disposition to take, to take care of them. Much the same way you want to take care of your mom. Yeah. But... I'd never be able to do that by hoping somebody gives me a pay raise uh, once a year. So if you, by the way, if you are in a job, God bless you. 
But you just can't think that that job is the only end-all be-all for you to be financially independent. Work something on the side. You worked your business on the side. Probably one of the best things that happened to you, Milton, was what? The pandemic. Exactly. It forced me to level up. Completely forced me, man. Exactly. And then, and then uh, let's go to this next topic. When you did decide to level up, uh, let's look at this next uh, topic, uh, Jordan. So if you, now you're a homeowner. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is a crazy part about this country. What is going on here? I don't understand. I'm so confused. We'll be talking about this here with a friend of mine on the IG Live tomorrow, but let's briefly talk about it today. This president decides it's a very good idea that if you have good credit, that you have enough sizable down payment, he's going to raise your interest rates. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you can help those that doesn't have good credit, that doesn't have as good down payment. So Biden is to hike payments for good credit home buyers to subsidize high-risk mortgages. So Number one, the government now is involved in free enterprise and capitalism. They're directly affecting currency, uh, uh, the way currency moves between business to businesses, economy to the economy. I get they have to create policies, but now they're, they're forcing bankers and mortgage companies, investors, to say, hey, Milton, you got good credit, you worked on your money, you got financially illiterate, you raise your credit score above 680, you have a 20% down payment on a house, but Matt down the street, who's just getting out the Marines, he just uh, made a bad choice of uh, picking, picking uh, the wrong marital circumstances mm. and went through divorce and marriage. You gotta help him out, because he can't help himself out. So we're gonna charge you an extra point and we're gonna give Matt down the street just getting out the Marines a shot. You, know, you, gotta help, you gotta help him out, right? Yeah, I mean, what are the downfalls of that? When, not so much for, for the people doing well for themselves or even for giving someone an opportunity to even buy a home. But the long term, the, the long term uh, perspective of this it costs more money. Matt, Matt gets yeah. Matt gets the home. Matt, after six, seven, eight, nine months, can't afford the home. So what ends up happening there with the house? You know, well, what, what, that's, so what's the benefit? Let's, let's play that out. Yeah. Who, 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 does this really encourage those with good credit to say, Matt, maybe I need to find more property because I might have bought a new house, I might have bought an investment property, but now that I have good credit and I have to. Pay more interest. Maybe I'm, I, mean, I may not want to. Yeah. So it's going to cause people to doubt being a real estate investor, or hold back because now the mortgage. With in, in addition to the interest rates being higher, now they got to pay more money. Now they can pay, pay more money on the rising interest. Well, what, what is the uh, Fed meet May third? May third, the Federal Reserve meets again. They're probably going to raise the interest rates again. So if the Federal Reserve raises the interest rates again, and now this goes into play May first, you put another point, one percent higher. I, I can't. I can't see here which, uh, is it 1% or 1.5%? We'll discuss here with uh, our mortgage uh, loan specialist uh, later on today or tomorrow. But you're going to pay another percentage higher just to have good credit, to subsidize the one who doesn't. So it's going to cause people to say, I'm just going to chill in my spot or not buy it, all, buy it all, just be a renter. But the flip side is those that couldn't afford and they have a percent less they're, they, they might be in a position to also buy, maybe a condo, maybe a smaller single-family mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's also the flip side, too, as well. So, you know, if, you, if you're going to look at who benefits, it's going to hurt the, be the people with the better credit right. to subsidize the ones that don't have it. And, and I guess like a, a tip for the people who are struggling with their credit, and this is something that I had to figure out for myself. Like I remember at one time I was probably like at a 520, 
And that was real, real horrible for me. And I blame the entire world. I blame Fannie Mae. I blame not knowing how to, you know, pay off certain bills on time. I, I blame my father for not teaching me certain principles. Right. And it was at that age. And I had to realize that one of the key factors, and I know this is basic kindergarten information for a lot of these people, but one of the key factors being able to pay, being able to pay your, uh, pay your bills on time. Poor credit scores are the results of uh, irresponsible financial behavior, mm-hmm. late payments, and failing to pay at all. Um, there's no information that talks about a person's gender or skin color or anything along those lines when it comes down to the cre- credit score process. It all has to do with the person's behavior. And you need to be able to have yourself in check when it comes down to that and be very mindful on, the, on your spending and be very mindful of what you can and cannot afford. And making sure that even if it is the minimum payment, even if it is a couple extra dollars from the minimum payment, but make sure that you pay your bills on time and you actually pay your bills each and every single month. And if you're not able to afford to pay your bills, again, like Matt said earlier, Find a small side hustle, even if it's bartending. I, I know it sounds very obnoxious for me to speak on that on the show, but being able to find something on the weekends to be able to have more money, have more, have more cash flow, pay your bills off, increase your credit score, and open up the doors of opportunity for you, especially if you're in the younger generation. Jordan, let's take a look at this tweet. Uh, this is a tweet out there put out. America is actually the stupidest country in the world. Penalties for having good credit, discounts for having poor credit. Banks are more interested in virtue signaling points than running a financially sound business. Yay, America. Virtual, signal your way to irrelevance. So that's it. So there's a 1% surcharge for those with 740 or higher credit score that put, down, put a 15 to 20% down payment. By the 1% could be significantly higher. Yeah. You know, people, I mean, uh, I paid, uh, paid $60,000 in the last mortgage I did to buy down the rate. And by the way, I didn't buy down the rate. I had the seller buy it down for me. So I paid $60,000 to buy down the rate just to have a right buy-down strategy when, when purchasing the house. And for those six, seven, nine or lower, we'll have a discount of 1.75, almost 2%. They'll have a less of an interest rate on a lower credit score if they put 5% down or less. So the craziness here is this. What, what, what did we learn during the 07, 08, 09 mortgage crisis? Is that when you put more of a down payment into your house versus no down payment in your house, Jordan? Guess what happened? If you, if you put more down payment into your house, guess what you'll likely do with the maintenance and the stewardship of that house if you put more into it? What do you think you want to do? Take care of it more. Of course yeah, you want to take care of, care of it. Yeah. You want to take care of your house? You want to take care of your sidewalk? You want to take care of your neighborhood? Because you're invested into it. The less you are invested into it, you don't really care. That's why all these people in 07, 08, 09, they call them ninja loans. No income. No job approved. And I, and I, and I, and no income, no job approved. Ninja. Ninja. Right? And so people, the people that go to, okay, you got a pulse. Zero down payment, walk rate, and you got their credit score. And what happened in 07, 08, 09? They were packaged up in mortgage backed securities, sold in the stock market, they started defaulting. Dr. Michael Burry decided to take a look at what the deep dive into what these mortgage backed securities are packaged about. Found a problem, found a niche, bought some credit default swaps, covered his butt because he thinks these mortgages are going to go back. I'm like, nobody ever doesn't pay their mortgage. Nobody ever is not going to do that. Well, we found it in 07, 08, 09. When these interest rates pop, pop back up, bam, they stopped paying the mortgage, moved back in with their son, moved mm-hmm. back with their family member, gave yeah. back the keys to the house. So this is, this is not good for the country, in my estimation. But we're going to unpack that some more at a later IGLS. So make sure you stay posted on my Instagram, Money Smart Guy, Millionaire Goals Podcast. We're going to do a 
IG Live on certain insurance strategies, certain mortgage strategies that everybody needs to incorporate today. Make sure you stay posted to that. We'll be posting the link in the, the description column below. Okay. Uh, let's go stay on the topic of money, de-dollarization. Let's do it. 19 countries request to join BRICS with the goal to challenge the U.S. dollar. So um, these, these are countries. What is BRICS? It's uh, Britain, uh, excuse me, not Britain, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and now South Africa. BRICS. Brazil, so it's, it's an acronym for countries. Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa are challenging the goal for the U.S. dollar to not to be the global currency. And so a bunch of other countries has also joined it as well. So the position of the U.S. dollar as a dominant global reserve currency has been questioned, and pressure keeps building up about the BRIC countries. Um, it's, by the way, it's expanded. 19 more countries have expressed interest in joining BRICS as a new super alliance, which could challenge the U.S. dollar. Here are the other countries. Names of the 19 countries weren't disclosed, but reportedly eight of the countries are the ones listed above. Indonesia, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Turkey, Egypt, Argentina, Mexico, and Algeria. Okay? So, appreciate you, Mexico. Thanks for uh, wanting to be part of this movement to de-dollarize the dollar. I think they've benefited the most from the yeah. dollar. Uh, but what, what, is, what does this all mean? So, uh, when, when we're looking at what BRICS um, has in store, let's take a look at what BRICS had uh, um, mentioned. Um, and what this means also, Elon Musk said a couple things here. Elon Musk warns weaponizing currencies that the de-dollarization movement takes hold. De-dollarization. So if you're weaponizing currency through tough times, other countries will stop using it. A growing number of countries are partaking in efforts to undermine the dollar's supreme, supremacy of global trade and investment flows. So from, from a layman's terms, um, Milton, um, do, do, do you know why this is important for... A lot of people, the de-dollarization. De like, like who benefits from uh, from from being de-dollarized? Well, I can tell you the younger if, if this ends up pulling forward, it's not the younger generation for the future is definitely not going to benefit from that. If, from from my understanding, again, yeah, one thousand percent. And I think also one of the things that I've slowly been learning. Cause I, again, man, Matt is the financial dude here. That's why you see his books are all over the place. And at, even though I'm on this podcast, and there's certain amount of knowledge that I understand when it comes down to these topics. Sometimes as you viewers are watching some of these conversations that we're having, I'm also on the lines of like, no shit. Um, and attaining it from, from just from what I've been looking into it for a, for a lot of these, uh, for the, these young cats watching us, you know, I guess these are, I guess a couple steps that you can do to prepare for the potential impact, um, for our, for our future. And if you're cool for me to read, read these out, I type these in. Yeah. And if, you agree or disagree? Okay. 1,000% feel free. Fire away. Um, number one is being able to stay informed about the news and trends related to the specific topic. Number two, di diversifying your investments to reduce exposure to potential risk, right? Uh, number three, consider investing in alternative currencies such as cryptocurrencies or other, uh, other like gold and silver, right? Mm -hmm. That's, those are other things you can do. Invest in tangible assets that can hold their value even in time of economic uncertainty. Prepare for potential inflation by investing in assets that, that typically perform well in, in um, inflationary environments. And the last one is be prepared for potential changes in interest rates by reducing debt or considering alternative sources sources of fin financing. I love it. The only one I would caution there would be cryptocurrency. 
Okay. Okay. The only one I could like put whatever you got in cryptocurrency of money that you're continue will, willing to lose, mm. but it does have a potential. It does have it does have a future, just not in the current non-regulatory environment that exists in today. Still too much of the wild wild west. But I do believe that down the road there's going to be some form of cryptocurrency, and what whatever whichever takes off. I don't know the. I'm not behind. A lot of people aren't privy to the conversation behind closed doors of which cryptocurrency is it going to be Bitcoin? Is it going to be Ethereum? Is it going to be, you know, whatever. And so we don't know that yet because there's not a lack of regulation. But the reason why, by the way, the reason why cryptocurrency was to begin with is because they don't want regulation. Mm. They don't want government involvement. They don't want centralization of, of cryptocurrency. But what we're realizing, too, is when you allow too many people in a, in, a, in a playground to play, have fun, eventually a bully shows up yeah. and takes away the fun from everybody. And so bullies have showed up to the cryptocurrency world. Now people say, we're getting beat up. We're getting robbed. Somebody's stealing our lunch. Somebody's stealing our life savings. Who's going to help us? And the governments are saying, well, you didn't want our help to begin with. <laughs> yeah. there, there it is. Oh, now you want us. That's the same reason why uh, defund the police doesn't work because the same politicians, they're talking about defund the police. When they get carjacked, when they get robbed, they're pissed off that 911 ain't showing up. That a man with a gun, a woman with a gun, enforcing the laws and showing up. Why? Because they decided to defund the police. When a bully shows up, that's when you want... Authority to show Authority up. To show up. Yeah. So, so here's, 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 fi here's five ways that de-dollarization can affect the common Joe, like people, me, and you. Number one, income and savings. So people in the middle income demographic who earn and save money in U.S. dollars um, may see their income and savings impacted by de-dollarization because your money is just worth less. Because yeah. if they're using other currencies, you know, uh, 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 for example, uh, uh, you, you've been to a different country, you've traveled. How, uh, what's, uh, what's a country that you traveled to that you said, well, I can get that for a dollar? Wow, cool. Egypt. Wow, okay, so tell me about Egypt. I had a tour guide from the five days I was there, full five days, and he drove me around for all five days, took me to multiple spots every day, picked me up at 7 a.m., dropped me off at 9 p.m., and by the end of the five days, I gave him 40 bucks, and this man was extremely happy. happy? $40, exactly. $40, okay. American dollars. Imagine that happening to America. Yeah. Sure. That's what the dollarization is going to do. Yeah. So imagine the Uber driver is gonna be happy that oh my god, thank you for your forty dollar, you know X Y Z dollar, not yeah. American dollar, but X Y Z, you know brick dollar. Yeah, that's the potential. Of what happened if bricks continues to evolve and this movement of de-dollarization continues, which leads me to number two, purchasing power. You know, in the Philippines, guess how much they sell a cell phone for? Uh, it's a thousand, a thousand dollars for a cell phone, right? Right. Guess how much they sell it for. In the, in the Philippines, how much? A thousand dollars. That's the same shit. Yeah. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, the average income in the Philippines, where my family's from, is 250 bucks a month. How the heck are you buying? How are you, how are you guys buying a, a cell phone? These guys would save for months to get a, to get a cell, cell phone. phone, and then they protect it like this. Right. By the way, the only, only country where you can buy a cell phone with financing interest free is Here. America. Everybody else, you got to buy it. You got to buy it cash. Philippines, you got to buy cash. So your purchase of power is 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 not going to be as much because you're you're making less. So in other words, imagine us being in America, we're making hundred thousand dollars a year, but a cell phone now costs five thousand dollars. That's it yeah. because it's being manufactured elsewhere. That's the potential. Uh, third one, investments. Uh, De-dollarization can also impact the value of your savings and investment. If you have your money invested in assets dominated in, in the nomination of U.S. dollars, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, the value of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds are worth less. Because the American currency is no longer the standard for the world, which leads me to number four. So if you want to make more money, it's going to also affect your, your employment opportunities. So middle-income workers may also see changes in employment opportunities. So why? 
because foreign companies that employ uh, uh, um, uh, you know for foreign companies employ them uh, that that employs us they decide to pull out of our country due to uh, uh, to due to the economy the job market would become more competitive because let's say it's more expensive to have workers in Mexico but it's cheaper to have it in the United States you see what I mean so that would so in a way you would say that if that ends up occurring our country could potentially become a second tier country of course. Why do you think we're? Why do you think a, a lot of the workers are, or a lot of manufacture done in China, because it's inexpensive, cheap labor. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen in America? That. Yeah. <laughs> we become we become the future sweatshops of the world, because it's more expensive to employ people in Canada, yeah. more expensive people in Brazil, more expensive to employ people in China, Russia. It's less expensive to employ them in in America. In America, damn right. That's the effect of de-dollarization. Uh, business opportunities, okay? Uh, if businesses rely on imports or exports, in other words, the people that benefit the most are the ones that export their goods and services because now it's worth more and bought more overseas. De-dollarization, be tougher to sell it locally. So your gross revenue, uh, and that's where tariffs and uh, uh, taxes come into place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in other words, tariffs means that I can, I can sell my products in China but they charge us, they charge us, uh, they, uh, um, we, we can sell products, for example, if we bring products and services inside China, there's no tariff, Yeah, as an example. That's why Trump was saying, hey, you know, if you want to sell your stuff in China, pay us a tariff, right. a fee for coming to the show to sell your products and stuff. It's like a flea market. Yeah. Is it free to have, you have to pay for your booth? 1,000%. Right, you got, yeah. Yeah, as a vendor, but imagine America being a flea market for China. They're saying there's, there's no cost to be at the flea market, Shit. right? Versus over there, we sell in China, guess what we got to do? We got to pay. You got to pay a tariff. Hey, you said Mexico's involved in this, right? Sure. So I just want to know if I should just call it quits in the next ten years, buy a nice home in Mexico, and just move south of the border, man, and just live. Bro, that's a real conversation. Is, yeah, that is a real conversation. You know, my wife and I were just talking about yesterday. If America doesn't go with where we wanted to go, and we have all this money saved up, and we're still making all this cash, where does our dollar go further? Right? Yeah. Or where, where do we really want to live? And again. I can't believe this is a conversation we have about the country that we love, we, we call home. Yeah. Not good. So, by the way, what do you think? You know, halfway through the show, we've been talking about a lot of topics. What do you think? Where do you think the de-dollarization is going to happen in America? We'd love to know what you're thinking. Put it in the comment section below. Put, put it in a, in, a, in a live chat if you are watching this on a live basis. Okay. Um, all right, let's talk about fatherhood real quick. So there's a poll out there that, uh, let me see here. There's a poll out there. Let's see here. Where are we here? Okay, here's a poll. Uh, Jordan, if you can uh, pull this up. One in five adults say they don't want kids. Wow. Okay, more, more than one in five Michigan adults aren't really interested in becoming parents, a number that initially surprised researchers so much that they repeated the study and found the number who didn't want kids was essentially the same the second time around. Interesting. Before I dive into this topic, how, how, when you just read this headline, how does it come across? Jordan, how does it come across you? On the reason behind why they don't want, they don't want to have kids? <laughs> yeah, they don't want kids. Because you're a single guy, no kids yet. Yet. I've been trying to have kids, man. I've been trying. Well, you got to get married first, I've been bro. practicing. <laughs> yeah. Joking. Joking. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. No, I, I think a lot of people, especially uh, uh, people in their late 20s, well, actually any, anyone in their 20s and people in their early 30s, I think, uh, I can speak for myself, I think the, it's, there's not just, 
a lot of burnout from from dating and trying to find the right one and not knowing the principles of how to approach a relationship or how to talk to someone or or how to pursue or how to sustain you know the the trials of being in a relationship and we're just so we're, we're so fast to be, be cutthroat, man. We're so fast to be cutthroat. We're so fast to say, you know what, screw this. I'm just gonna focus. I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna focus on me. Make more, chase the bag. Make my money. Do this. Do that. And then we just completely disregard on the sole purpose of what man and woman are meant to do together in this physical earth. And yes, I mean man and woman and being able to procreate and create life and do more and create yes. more generations X Y Z. Um, and again, I think it's just it's easier to chase and to pursue a career than to have to encounter your own, and sorry for the language, but have to encounter your own bullshit while being in a relationship with someone. I feel like the older generation has a little bit more patience when it comes down to the idea of being in a relationship versus the younger crowd, where it's one ne negative thing they see or one quote unquote red flag that they see, they're done, they're out, and they just rather focus on themselves. I was talking to someone not that long ago, maybe about a couple months ago, I uh, met this woman out of state and we were texting back and forth and you know, uh, we were texting back and forth a lot, actually. And one day she just sent me a voice memo and said, she said, you know what, Milton, it's been nice talking to you, but I, I, have a, I have a very strong sense of a commitment to text you every day. And I don't like that. You know, Milton, I'm a very independent woman. And because I'm a very independent woman and I want to focus on my career, I think us communicating back and forth is a very negative impact on my career. And I just don't want to make you feel or make myself feel like I'm committed to you when in reality I'm not. I'm not ready for a relationship and I'm not seeking a family. Okay. All right. Well, it was nice talking to you. And again, there was no intentions. We we're just mm -hmm. being friends. We were, I was being cordial. We we're just carrying on a conversation. Yeah. But just the idea of having to go through the motions of meeting someone again and having to go through that again, it's exhausting for a lot of the younger people. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. So you got lucky, man. You got That's a blessing. Well, bro, I remember, I was 14 years I was single before I found Sheena. So I was just working on me, dating my business, working on my kids. If there's two things that distracted me a lot, which was the business, my business, building up my business, my three kids, yeah. uh, strengthening my faith. Yeah. Uh, I was 38 years old before I found Sheena. So, you know, and she was 26, but, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, you know ha to me, having kids has been one of the most gratifying, unappreciated, but yet fulfilling things I've ever experienced in my life. Unappreciated. <laughs> so, what do you mean? so a lot of people watching this, that stood out just like it stood out to me when you said unappreciated, what do you mean by that? I mean, it's like, bro, it's like, if you want to be a parent, don't, don't ask for a pat on the back. Yeah. Like one of the most uncelebrated holidays we experience in America is Father's Day. 100%. Mother's Day, different story. Yeah, 100%. Mother's Day is packed, right? Mother's Day, man, you got to make your reservations, boom, 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 and you know, can I get a can I get a table on Mother's Day on Sunday uh, afternoon? No, we're three hour wait. Oh, jeez, everybody and their mama's out for celebrating Mother's Day, right? Father's Day, uh, yeah, uh, whoa, we didn't make a reservation because you know Father's Day's in June. So, yeah, you know Mother's Day, you just went through the trauma of May. Mother's Day, you go to Father's Day, yeah, uh, can we have a table for five, please? Well, how long's the wait? Oh, no, we'll sit you right down right now. <laughs> <laughs> or the dad's the one doing the cookout in his own backyard. He's the one cooking his own yeah, food. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but don't expect a pat in the back. Just know what you're doing for the family um, and, and, and doing your part. And, and sadly, that's where a lot of uh, regret comes in because you're looking for the expectations to get a pat in the back. Yeah. I don't know. As a dad, as a father... Now, would I love worth of affirmations and patting the back for my wife and, 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 and my, my mother? Of course, that's, that's what I'm saying. But don't expect it from your kids. I mean, kids have no perspective. Kids have zero perspective of how you were, they don't have zero perspective of how you were raised. Yeah. 
You know, we, we talk all the time about the three different phases of how children treat their parents. It was the first phase is the idolization phase. Mommy, poppy, mommy, poppy, I love you, I love you, I love you. You're my hero. My dad's stronger than your dad. My dad's richer than your dad, right? That, that type of conversation. My yeah. dad will kick your dad's ass. Blah, blah. All done. The idolized phase happens till about 10, 11 years old. And then you slip into the demonized phase. My dad don't know shit. He's after me. Doesn't want me to do nothing. Doesn't want me to live my life. He doesn't understand me. Doesn't want anything good to happen in my life. It's a demonization phase. And that happens all the way until probably mid-20s, late-20s. Yeah, true. When your kids have their own kids. Yeah. And then you slip into the humanization phase. We're like, yo, man, dad, oh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I totally understand. Now I get why you had me wake up Saturday morning, clean the house, and mow the lawn, and clean the garage, and clean the basement. Oh, I get it now why... You had us uh, put the clothes away and fold the clothes, and that's why we had chores. Bro, I appreciate it. Dad, I get you. Help me out now. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, I understand. And I don't have kids, but that happened to me in my mid-20s, and it happened literally during my dad going through the entire stages of hospice. Mm. And when literally this man was passing away right before my eyes, that's when I had to add a reality check. Like, I'm limited on time, and there's a lot of time that I need to make up for. Yeah. So it's uh, either catastrophe, yeah. right, or yeah. them experiencing the same thing you're experiencing. And someone in the comment section said, and this is exactly why women deserve less. I think, he, I think what he's quoting, Ricky Rivera, he's quoting uh, a book that one of the guys from the, what, what is it, Fit, Fit and Fresh? Fit, uh, 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 Bill Heibel's? Uh, is, oh, is that, oh, fit and for, oh, that was uh, Body for Life. I'm doing Body for Life. Yeah, that, that uh, podcast that Tate was on, like, uh, like me about a year or so ago. Okay. Uh, PBD was on it with uh, Adam. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fresh and Fit, Fresh and Fit podcast. Okay. He's quoting that book, Why Women Deserve Less. I guess some guy from the podcast wrote, wrote that book on why women deserve less. I guess, uh, you know, some of the, the cats that watch us are very heavily involved in the Red Pill movement. And they're like anti-women, anti-chivalry, yeah. anti, yeah. you know, uh, emotions, yeah. anti-showing affection, yeah. all that. So the fact that they're watching us and that they're seeing the other perspective of it, it's it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Isn't it? Well, yeah. I I, th I think um, I think uh, between husband and wife, I think uh, one doesn't deserve more or one doesn't deserve less. It's equal, brother. Yeah, it's equal. I mean, the, the fact that yeah, I, I I totally agree. A lot of the movement, a lot of the feminism, a lot that's out there. Is caused, well, I got it. I got this. Don't need a man. Don't need a man. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what do they realize? Be nice to have a man. Yeah. You know, but then it's too late. And they're in their 30s and 40s. And, you know, our good friend Adam Sostick talked about a stat about being a woman 45 years old. You're rich, but you're broke. You're single. Or not you're broke. You're rich. You're broken individually yeah. as a person because you have nobody to, to celebrate with. You have no kids to, 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 to share this with. You don't have a husband to share with. You're alone. And that's why she was reacting to his video at 930 morning drinking vodka. Mm -hmm. Talk about I'm happy. Ain't true. Yeah. She's, She's trying to escape her reality. She's escaping her reality. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, think men, I think for men to receive more doesn't necessarily mean, for men to receive more doesn't necessarily mean women deserve less. I want to be able to elevate my, life, my wife. I want to be able to elevate and give her the best opportunities. Does that mean that I have to, that I have to reduce my tendencies to as well? No. I, I would love to have and see more examples of men being celebrated. You know, uh, last week before the podcast, a good friend of mine, sadly, United States Marine Corps, sadly committed suicide last week. There's a massive amount of people surrounding this guy after he, after he killed himself. Why are we, so why are we doing this after a tragedy? Why are we doing this regularly as men? So I think men, if, if, if men, if you're waiting for your wife to edify you and pat you on the back, no. That's why we're doing this podcast together. 
There's a mano y mano friendship and relationship here that we're building each other up. We're not waiting for the external uh, opposite sex to, to, to do it. And uh, by the time we wait for women to get it, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. We just need to be better protectors. We need to be better providers. We have sometimes unrealistic expectation of what the woman should be given in her life. It'd be nice. You know, it'd be nice to have it, but listen, that doesn't mean you don't do your part. For example, Nick Cannon says, I got super sperm, <laughs> right? And no matter what I do, I'm going to have kids. He attributes this. Uh, can, can we look at this, um, uh, Jordan? Let's take a look at this. Nick Cannon claims a super sperm be beats birth control, still got pregnant. He's got 12 children with six baby mamas, and he's still going. But good for him for at least making the money. Um, I think he was given a hard time on the show and his podcast because he couldn't name all of his kids. Yeah. That's the downside. Yeah. That's the downside. So, you know, um, right. You should be given a hard time for not being able to name all your kids. You're having all these kids. That's the way he's doing life. That's the way he's doing his thing. You know, listen, my, my hero in the Bible is King Solomon. He had, th he had thousands of wives and, and six, what, 600 concubines. I bet you couldn't name all of his kids. But that was the biblical era. Yeah. You know, before... I mean, the, the, you know, if you're following the Bible and say, well, I can have a lot of wives and relationships because King Solomon did a lot of, uh, look, at, look at Moses. You know, he had uh, his wife, Sarah, and he had Hagar. He had, right? He had, <laughs> he had two relationships kids with both from, from the beginning. Those are, those are biblical times. Uh, however, if you're following the New Testament and you see Jesus have one relationship, and that was the church. And Jesus treated the church the way he treats us. He's not like he's fooling around with multiple churches. He's dealing with one church, one body. That's why I feel I could be wrong on this, but that's the way I'm, I'm reading my Bible. And correct me if I'm wrong out there if you feel, I love your opinion on it. But I believe in one wife. I believe in one marriage. Do you have temptation that's around? Do you have uh, a distraction? Of course. I'm, I'm a man. I, I see beautiful women left and right. That doesn't mean I sit there and gawk and crack my neck. You can. I don't have the luxury of doing that. When I say we go to the gym all the time, how many how many women do you see around there with freaking leggings and less gear? Nothing, just you. <laughs> I just see you, baby. I just see you, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to protect you, baby. I'm trying to protect you, baby. I just see you, man. It's just you and me in that world, bro. I see it from the periphery. <laughs> I see it there. They're doing their poses. I, I I get it. I'm a man. I see it. It doesn't mean I go out there. Yo, check it out. Let me take a picture. Let me gawk at it. Yeah, let me fantasize not. about it in my head. Definitely not. Right. I ma I manage those thoughts. I manage that. Uh, so therefore, my wife gets that attention my family gets that attention my business gets that attention so listen i can get into this but uh that's why i gotta stay posted a millionaire goals podcast hopefully maybe somehow some way we're getting you to see life and light thinking differently all right let's talk about speaking of going to the gym there's a new drug apparently that everybody's taking that's uh, a, f a fat weight loss type of drug uh, what what what, uh, what say you about this a zempic it's a uh, it's it's a drug that uh, diabetics utilize for 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 their uh, situation and actually there's there's two there's two types there's two different names. Jordan, can we take a look at the? Yep, uh, let's look it up. Yep. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Is that Azempic? Okay. Azempic. Yep. All right. Scroll down a little bit more. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. Keep going. All right. So you and your thought there. Yeah. Here, let me. All right. Okay, I'm just, I'm just gonna go straight, straight, straight to this. And the only reason I want to go straight to this because I've already had a lot of um, people reaching out to me on this specific uh, 
is, first of all, it's not a weight loss drug. This is something that uh, diabetics utilize for uh, for their illness. And a lot of people have been noticing weight loss while on that specific medication. And automatically people assume, oh, it's helping me lose weight. It must be a weight loss drug. Just because you take medication does not mean it's a, com- a complete weight loss drug. And a lot of people are asking, well, why? How is Ozempic uh, helping people lose weight? And one of the potential reasons on why it's helping you lose weight is, is because it helps you control uh, blood sugar levels, which can sometimes cause the body to burn fat for energy instead of sugars. Um, also, Ozempic can make people feel fuller and eat less, which can also contribute to weight loss, which means what? You feel fuller a lot, a lot quicker. You eat less, meaning less calories in your body, which means weight loss. But now, before you get in into the idea of going online and trying to purchase something off the black market, mm. also consider the side effects. And again, this is not for mass population, but there are there are side effects to this, which is why I encourage people to go to a doctor and get checked out first. But I guarantee you, if you go to a primary care physician, this is not a drug that you're, you're going to be given, especially if you just say, hey, I wanted to lose weight. Please give me a Zempec. So some of the side effects are, uh, and these are basic... These are basic uh, side effects, but there's also some major ones. Nausea, diarrhea, vomiting, constipation, and also some serious uh, side effects are uh, pancreatitis, uh, inflammation of the pancreas, and also kidney problems. If you're willing to lose some weight and sacrifice your internal health for a short span of weight loss, then by all means, do your thing. It, It helps, it works, and I've seen people lose weight while on it, and once they get off of it, they also still see some weight loss even after the uh, uh, the injection itself. It's, it's a subcutaneous injection they put in their stomach, mat. But one thing I do want to encourage for those folks who can either A, afford it, or are too scared of the side effects, or are scared of needles, or just people who are willing to take matter into their own hands, you need to be, you need to be able to change your lifestyle. You know, and some of the lifestyle changes when it comes down to, you know, uh, a structured way of doing it is being able to be in a calorie deficiency. I don't care if you're on a keto diet. I don't care if you're on a low carb diet. I don't care if you're on a high protein diet. I don't care if you're a vegan. I don't care if you're a vegetarian. I don't care pescatarian, Mediterranean. I don't care what kind of diet you're on. I don't care how many supplements you take, but you need to be in a calorie deficiency in order to be able to lose the weight they want to lose. Strength training is definitely very important three, four times a week. Sleep. It's one of the biggest, biggest reasons why you see a lot of people who are in complete shape, but for some reason, their gut does not disappear. Sleep is a very, very important factor in that specifically. Being able to stay active throughout the day, taking in your steps on a, on a day-to-day basis is also going to help you reach that specific goal. And also protein being the main source of what you're consuming. And one thing that I read in, in a really, really great book, uh, Shortcuts Do Not Work. And I actually want to go into the book and quote <laughs> a couple sentences off of this book here. Woo! That's All a right. good book, man. So I think Appreciate like you, Big Dog. Yeah. It's a bestseller. So check this out. This, and I quote Mr. Ma- Matthew Sapala here. <laughs> if there's one thing that I've learned about my physical well-being over the years, it's this. There, there are no shortcuts, fat diets that will make me feel better, or innovative workouts that magically transform my body. Instead, it's all about persistence, planning, and long-term commitment to constantly recreating myself. And it's a thing. Again, like you said, there are no shortcuts. If you want to lose weight, you need to be able to commit to this and think long-term. Don't be so focused on the specific goal, but be specific, be very specific on the journey itself and the activities you need to do in the middle aspect before trying to focus too much on the goal. Because if you focus way too much on the goal, you're going to get discouraged. But if you apply all that energy in the things that you need to do in the meantime, you're going to be able to get there a lot faster. And I promise you, a lot of these things, you can just Google them. You don't need a professional. You can just Google them. But if you do need a professional, I'm one message away, one text away, one call away. I can definitely help you get on this journey. Come on, baby. Yeah. You know, the thing, the thing with fitness, the same thing with finance, the same with faith, it has to be a lifestyle. Yeah. It can't be a, a drug. It can't be a subcutaneous injection that you can experience. Because I've rent countless people 
that have been overweight. I mean, that, people come to my workshop, people come to our events, and they share with me they're they're, they're wrecked financially. My man, they're like, you know, Matt, you know, they're, they're well put together, maybe a little tad bit overweight. Yeah. And you know what they tell me? This, I've been on six different liposuctions. Yeah. Six different, and they're still overweight because liposuction only is only as good as long as you can maintain. How you look. So you can get all the sack uh, uh, fillers and, and uh, suction cups uh, put on you, but if you don't have a lifestyle of doing those basic fundamentals, yeah. you'll always be looking for some form of external way to fix you, but it has to come from internal. And uh, uh, boxing legend George Foreman talked about that. He talks that knowing Jesus is more important than fame. He says, quote, it doesn't matter what you achieve this on Christian Post. He said, if something happened to me tomorrow, I know I've done a good job. I'm happy about that, trying to sell out to the world. Jesus Christ has come alive in me. George Foreman's child was characterized by poverty and stability and violence. He dropped out of school in the 10th grade and began abusing alcohol and engaging in violent crime. Foreman won a gold medal in Mexico City in 1968 Olympic Games, had a near-death experience in 1977. Uh, then he came into ministry. He founded the Church of uh, Lord Jesus Christ in 1980. And guess what his big thing was? It wasn't necessarily his boxing career. It was selling a damn grill. So let's take a look at this. Uh, let's take a look at this article if you, if you want to take a look at it, uh, Jordan. Um, and he's coming out with a movie called Big George Foreman. Right? And so, you know, you know, Milton, you, you've, you've been a pastor. You're, you're, you've been a believer. How, how, does it, how does having a faith walk, knowing that you have a Savior, knowing that you have Jesus in your life, that you have a God that's lording over you, because sometimes when people say, I'm just going to do me, man. I'm just going to do me. And another person says, I'm going to do me too. He or she says, I'm going to do me. Yeah. But doing me is always changing. Always. Continuous. And uh, for me and for what, what I've experienced during that phase, during the time of my life, and even now, uh, but right now, obviously, it's a different season in my life, and I'm, I'm in a different headspace. Which, I, But that season that I went through taught me so much to be where I'm at today. And one of the things, Matt, that I've learned from then up until now, I will say this from off the bat, the moment I gave my life to Christ, life did not get easier, it got harder. But I had something to fall back on and I knew that there was a reason for everything that was happening in, in my life and I was being molded for a greater purpose in this life. What and got harder? Life. What got harder in my life? Because you had to say no to a lot of things? I had to say no to a lot. Of, <laughs> I had to say no to a lot. Of, well, besides that, besides the point, you know, if, 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 if you're a Christian, and again, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize a lot of things, but I do believe that the spiritual world is a lot more real than this physical world that we live in. I do yeah. believe that Amen. we are we are, we are spiritual beings experiencing human life, and it's not the other way around. Yeah. And because of that, you, you'll notice one thing, that the closer you get to God, the more conviction you have to, to, to not do the things you shouldn't be doing, and the closer you get to God, life tends to rattle you a little bit harder because you seem to be a threat to the enemy. But the further you get, get away from God and you begin to idolize other things, whether it's money, whether it's people, whether it's status, Fame, what, fortune, whatever the case may be, and the further you get, get away from God's will for over your life, mm -hmm. yeah, everything just seems to be extremely peaceful. Yeah. And everything seems to kind of simmer Because the enemy's down. like, come on. And you're done. You're no longer a threat. You, yes, right. You're no longer a threat. You're no longer influencing for the kingdom of God. Now you're just in your own world, living out of your own terms. And, yeah. and the more you fight that, the more you try to be in your own world and the more you try to kind of ignore what God has for you. Because again, whatever God has for you, even if you don't see the full picture, whatever God has for you is so much bigger than what you have for yourself and your family. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest takeaways I had in my life. The moment you say yes to God, the moment you say yes to Jesus is the moment that you're going to have a better grip on what life is as a whole, as a whole 
puzzle, as a whole picture rather than just a small puzzle piece that you're living on right now. Amen to that, yeah. bro. About to have church up in here, brother. Come on, baby. I appreciate you, man. Um, speaking of church, uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, actually, no, matter of fact, we don't have time for this. Let's go into the first reaction video. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, uh, can we, uh, Jordan, about uh, what happens in a marriage and when does it actually start? Let's take a look at this. Marriage doesn't start when you say, I do. Your marriage starts when you look over at your partner and you want to kill him. <laughs> you want it, you're looking at them going for, for seconds or sometimes minutes or longer. You're just thinking, I cannot believe I married this human being. They are driving me crazy. And then the next minute you say, I love them more than anything. Marriage is a commitment. People don't always marry the everyday. They marry the kind of now, kind of wow. And then it gets to the every single day, the going to bed, the waking up, the taking the grocery, getting the groceries, taking out the garbage, and loving each other through that. That's it, bro. You know, when Sheena and I get into arguments man, together, we're like, man, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we love you, we thank you, we honor you. Lord, give me the strength, give me the wisdom to get through this argument. We're not going to figure it out now, but give us some wisdom, give us some time, we walk away, boom. In fact, my wife comes together, no matter what, my wife doesn't mentally, spiritually, financially, emotionally cheat on me because she loves God. Yeah. That's the big thing there, bro. Like, I never worry about Sheena skipping out on me. She doesn't have to worry about me skipping out on her. And because we have that, we come back, and we have some crazy makeup sex. But <laughs> I mean, I'm saying that from a married guy, I know, a single guy, he's like, no, stop talking about sex, bro, I'm single. But I'm, t I'm telling you, bro, when you find a woman that is 100% committed to you, bro, third week into our marriage, my clothes are, half, are, are thrown out of the closet down, down the stairs. My mom and dad are wondering, what the heck's going on at the house? You, guys, you just got married three weeks ago. My dad's like, my first time in my life, my dad says, what are you guys doing? You just said I do three weeks ago. Now I get out of my house? What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> the biggest my dad's not very very eloquent with words he says one thing and i remember in the last 10 years that I eloquently remember my dad says what's wrong with you guys you just got you guys just went on altar under god says i do what's this conviction wow so it's always easy by the way this is, but imagine if you carry this type of commitment that's why the, the 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 first thing is your 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 faithfulness to god your commitment to god your commitment to your wife Everything else, kids, business, career, finance, everything else. But it got to be a priority. Priority. How you do one thing is how you do all. Is how you do everything. Because if you don't have that commitment to God, you don't have that commitment. If if you're like, I'm just going to do me, I'm just do whatever social media tells me to do. I'm just going to do whatever my friends, my BFFs tell me to do. Next thing you're 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 moving your your waypoints. You're moving your 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 your, your principles. Your character moves instead of being anchored. Thoughts, thoughts, bro. You're, I mean, no, one thousand percent. You hit it. You hit it on the nail. The way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Your first commitment. Again, I think we talked about this maybe in one of the first two, three episodes. If you are able to build a disciplined relationship with God, where you speak to God, you read about God, you you fellowship with God, you spend time with God, it's going to be so much easier for you to have a commitment to a tangible, physical person that you can actually see, touch, and interact with. Mm -hmm. Because if you can interact interact with a being that doesn't mm -hmm. obviously vocally yeah. uh, speak speak to you unless you have schizophrenia. Uh, you don't have a being that speaks to you vocally, but yet you show up every day, day in and day out. And even though this being does not give you the responses and the answers that you want on the time and the, in the, in the timely manner that you want it, and you have that, man, the relationships that you're going to have with your wife, with your spouse, with your children, with your business partner is going to be so much easier, so much smoother. And to be able to build off of that. So as you, mm -hmm. again, man, God, 
partner, children, business, career, finance, all that. It all falls, falls into place, but it starts with God. Amen. Number one. Amen to that. Yeah. I love it, bro. Um, Jordan, I'm going to skip to a couple other videos here. I want to go to the one where it says business with cheaters because one of the most heavily reacted to uh, uh, videos I've done shorts is when I went on Caleb Box's uh, podcast and I talked about be wary about the guy that you have lunch with. Uh, I won't do business with somebody long term if they keep snapping their necks and flirting with the, with the waitresses and flirting with the members of the opposite sex in my presence. I, I just don't trust. I, I can do business with you maybe once or twice, but long term, I don't know. But let's take a look at this video. It says business with cheaters. Let's take a look at this. You know what my husband says? He's yeah. like, I would never go into business with a guy that cheats on his wife. Absolutely, 100%. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. He said, if he cheats on his wife, he will cheat me out of any deal and yeah. any that perforates throughout 100%. his life. Hundred percent. Okay. Had a partner, was a friend. Okay. He picked up the wrong woman. That Pre affects you. Hundred percent. Like if you have the wrong partner in life, that's ninety percent of your equation gone. He was married to a woman that was very bad for him. Okay. Sucked the life out of him. Kidnapped his kids. Oh. And then he lost everything. And then he just no. He lost it. He lost it. Very bad. So once he lost everything, he left you. He just left, left the country. Left the country. <laughs> left me everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I'm just stuck in trouble. Oh my god. So for the next two years, all the money I'm making, I'm not making money. I'm just paying debts. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, and people say, well, you know, there are so many people. We'll, 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 on, on the on the repost of this, and we we'll, we'll create a short of this. We'll, we'll post everybody that's slandered me on that particular topic. Because, listen, man, if, if I'm in business with somebody and they're wheeling and dealing against our commitments together, they're always looking for a better deal. I, I get you're looking for a better deal, but run the better deal through me. Yeah. If we can improve, let's improve. But don't go behind my back and try to, try to, to, try to cheat me out of the deal, and they still leave, you leave me high and dry. Yeah. And then our clients, our customers, our vendors, our partners, everybody that we've, and our investors, like, what happened to your partner? What happened to your partner? You have, you've, you've, got, you've got an obligation. What's, what's your thoughts on it, bro? No, it's uh, it, it, bad for business. To me, it's bad for business. I, um, it happened to me a couple times where at least one time I can say I was going to go into business with a gym owner uh, within these last two, three years. And the relationship that, that he had with his partner was on and off, on and off, on and off, mm -hmm. toxic, non-toxic. She would step in. His model will change. She would step out. He was all invested into the business. Mm -hmm. She would come back in. She would. He would disappear for days. Yep. And when I started noticing that trend, I knew that it was going to be a very inconsistent business, inconsistent flow of cash, inconsistency when it comes down to leadership, when it comes down to his end. And I just, me personally, when it comes down to that aspect, I do not, I, I don't feel comfortable doing business with those kind of people I at agree. all whatsoever. Let's go to the next video. Great tech. Let's go to the next video here. Uh, marriages fail due to what? Let's fill in the blank. Number one reason people divorce has nothing to do with infidelity. Most marriages can survive infidelity. The reason they divorce between five and seven years and 50% of these marriages fail is financial stress. And what happens is one of the pair does not have the same objectives financially as the other. Maybe they outspend, maybe they have huge credit card debts, they don't care. But if you're not in sync with each other about money, it ain't gonna work. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, yeah, but uh... The infidelity is a result of what, or, or the lack of financial, the financial stress is a result of what, lack of infidelity. So if you're, you're if you are not straight on your commitments, of course you can have financial stress. Financial stress is a byproduct of, of not getting your relationship right. Yeah. And sometimes people, they, their their god is their business, their god is their career, their god is money, mm. their god is you know fame, fortune, recognition, likes on Instagram, and whatever case it be. It's not 
their, their, their creator. And that's why it's, we're constantly encouraging everybody, find your faith, man. Find your faith. And if you haven't found somebody that has faith, keep looking, which leads me to my next one. Um, be, be careful of also who you surround yourself with. Uh, let's go to the one that says, be careful of the people around you. Let's go to that one. It's a little higher. Uh, be careful of the people around you. Let's take a look at this. Is that T.D. Jakes? And Sometimes people only recognize you when you're winning. <laughs> because people react differently to you when they perceive you are successful. Versus, that's called fair weather friends, man. That's why I'm glad, bro, I'm glad I met my wife. During, even though I knew about business, but from a financial perspective, I was in a down and out position. I was behind on, uh, I was behind on uh, family court type issues. I was behind. I laid out all my stuff in front of her. Babe, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Da, 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 da. I'm financially broken, but I know how to get out of it. But this is where I'm at right now currently. You have a choice right now to either stick with me or punch out and leave, and I wouldn't blame you. She says, I'm sticking with you. <laughs> oh, snap. That's how you knew, huh? That's how I knew. I got to wife you up. I got to wife up my wife. So, anywho, what's your thoughts on this? I'm uh, fair weather friends. Not a lot of women are, are willing to stick by that. The moment, well, at least in my experience, the moment they, they, they experienced or they even sensed that there was a struggle, next one. Next Which one. I think, ladies, that's, that's an, a mistake you're making. If your man has a vision and your man has a belief, your man has a conviction, your man has a game plan, your man is confident, invest on where he's going. And then judge that based on his daily work habits, his monthly work habits, his year-to-year consistency. Judge him on that. Invest in that man. My wife invested me on that one. My, my mother saw me not judge me from afar. She's like, okay, all right. I'm with you on this. I'll show up to your meetings. <laughs> my little mom, hmm. she showed to me when I was broke. Guess what? Her biggest highlight of her week is when she comes to her office on Tuesday nights. My staff knows. My team knows. When my mom comes, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Paul are here. Boom. Bring right there. We have your chairs. I don't even. I don't even ask them to do it. My team honors my mom and dad when they come in. So, uh, speaking of speaking of thing, speaking of getting rich, what are three things to avoid if you want to get rich? Three things to avoid if you want to get rich. Let's take a look at this clip. Three things to avoid if you want to get rich. What are three things to avoid if you want to get rich? Number one is people pleasing. In my country, we have a saying that goes like. The friend of everybody is the friend of nobody. Number two, caring about other people's opinion. There's not a single rich person that I know that cares what other people think of him. They know that the hate never comes from above, but it's always the people down there. Number three, doing things yourself. Nothing great was accomplished just with one person. To build a successful business, you need to build a successful team. And business is not a one-man show. Yeah, you want to do it fast, do it yourself, but you want to go far. Build a team. You need a team. You know? Anything you would add to that? If you want to get rich? Those, by the way, super, super great topics there. Super great points. Looks like it was rehearsed, but didn't look natural. But anyway, the guy's too perfect. He's too polished. Slick. I like the guy. Yeah, just be around people who are already there in your industry or in, in an area that you're trying to improve in. For example, me, finances were, no, were, no, were not my strong suit, but I was blessed with the opportunity to be able to meet people like Matt to be able to be around them, not even to pick their brain as much, but just be around them and then their culture, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves, the books they write, that started rubbing off. 
And then that's when you start asking questions and then going to these meetings and then hanging out in their, in their circles and being within that network and seeing the way they carry themselves and experiencing what they experience. And now your identity starts shifting, your identity starts changing to what it is that it needs to be in order to be in that position. Be the smallest guy in the room, man. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are the richest guy, most successful guy in the room, find another room. Yeah. Because everybody's patting you on the back, telling you stuff in your ear. Yeah. You need to be told. That's why I like when you take me to a, a precision, because I feel like I'm the smallest guy in that gym. <laughs> yeah, some of those women are bigger than you. <laughs> You've seen that, right? <laughs> yeah. Bro, sometimes I ask Milton, bro, uh, from the back, is that a is that a guy? Is that a girl? She's stacked. She's putting me to shame. By the way, I'm impressed yeah. their physique. Yeah. It's not a, uh, a male, female, you know, homo, heterosexual type of comment there. It's like, I'm impressed this woman has triceps that looks like that. Matter of fact, I was saying, how do I get my triceps to look like hers? <laughs> I was asking, hers looks like a square. Mine still looks like a like a hot dog. <laughs> how do I get, I get triceps? Them quads some of these women have? Unbelievable. That's why I love going to that gym. Yeah. Because I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm encouraged. Like, I need to get better. I need to get better. Same thing with me. You know, you're making cash flow millions. You don't ha- need to hang around people make $100,000, $200,000 a year. Put yourself around people who are decamillionaires, uh, eight-figure earners, multi-billionaires, because they make you uncomfortable. Um, all right, let's take a look at this final video here. Because sadly, the Milwaukee Bucks had a stunning five, a game five defeat, and their season is over. And a reporter asked Giannis, you know, they, I mean, they're, they're a former uh, NBA champion couple years ago mm-hmm. and uh, they failed to make it deep into the playoffs and deep to make another championship run and uh, he was asked do you think that this year was a failure let's look at Giannis's response do you view this season as a failure <sighs> oh my god uh, okay because I'm not that up we, you asked me the same question last year Eric okay uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. There you go. You know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. Mm. Mm. I'm asking you a question. Mm. Yes or no? Okay, we can stop right there. Look at that. Jordan had more losing seasons than championship winning seasons. So, were those nine years of failure? Let me ask you a question for those of you watching this. Let's say you pursued becoming a first-generation cash flow millionaire, saving up your first $100,000 at a bank, saving up your first $500,000 at a bank, making your first sale, your second sale, making, building your first team, second team, first team quits on you, build a second team, they quit on you. You build five teams, 10 teams. Your chief of staff, your VPs leave you, they quit. Was that a failure? No, you found an, another one. You found the right one. Now you have a winning season. Was those previous failures actually called failures, or were they steps to success? I love Giannis's answer here this is goat talk that's goat language and he i believe he's so good for the league yeah he's so good he's uh, he's so good to be a face of the nba what's your thoughts on giannis's response there and whether or not this is a failure no no i loved it man i loved it everyone in this world they're gonna have a in season an off season and just like in even in your spiritual walk you have you have seasons to 
to prosper and you have seasons that are very, very quiet where you feel like God's not speaking to you, where you feel like you're literally being defeated each and every single day. But these seasons are what are helping you. As, as Matt said, these seasons are the steps that will be, be will be placed in order in order for you to get to the, the end goal for you trying to reach. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. The best is yet to come. Yeah. I'm referencing this uh, scripture in Timothy, Second uh, Timothy four seven, where he says, "I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith." Fighting the good fight of the fight of faith is about perseverance and continuing even when the road is hard. So, man, what a week we've had so far. I'm looking forward to the next week ahead. I'm going to Austin, Texas this Saturday to visit with a, a friend of mine who's a millionaire partner of mine. He's a co-founder of PHP and 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 we're doing a flip. So he's coming out to Dallas to coach my team. I'm going out to Austin to coach his team. Yeah. So I can't fly because of my eye surgery, so I got a road trip uh, along the way. So I'll see you guys in Austin, Texas this Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, Amir Syed and I are doing an IG Live about what to do right now. If you're in the mortgage business, if you're in the insurance business, what I would be doing right now, what are some significant advantages and strategies I'd be deploying into my business if I was, if I was an insurance professional using mortgage strategies, if I'm a mortgage professional using insurance strategies, what would I be doing right now? We'd be doing that IG Live. Stay posted on Money Smart guys so that being said brother any final thoughts before we end today's episode i have a final thought but your guy from austin texas one of his people uh, asked you a question on here really and he's wondering if you can if, if you have an answer for that okay okay he said matt if you have a good amount of uh, savings what would you advise to preserve that money during financial turndowns would you invest it or hold it if invest in what well it depends what you consider good because you know i mean to me you know a million dollars is good yep. but somebody's that's a life saving so you know, my, my best investment when I was broke, I got involved in business in, in 1999, 2000, and I faced another downturn in my business in, in, uh, in 2010, 2011, after an upswing, after the Great Recession. But I was always finding ways to create better relationships, to create better skill sets. I had invest back in my business. I sat down with the Goldman Sachs guy. I said, um, how, do I, how do you take 10 million, to, once I get my 10 million up and you flip it to 20 million, he says, Matt, you got to where you got because you invested in yourself. I can't flip. Don't think that a passive guy like who's going to you're going to pass have me passively invest your money, get from 10 million to 20 million. Don't think that I can get your money faster to 20 million. Then you can't get to 20 million faster with your own endeavor. I look at my own business. I, I invested my $500 into uh, uh, starting my insurance career here with PHP Agency, and the business paid us a little over $10.7 million in eight years. What other investment can you put your money into? I'm not trusting a stock. I'm not even trusting insurance policy to return me that type of money. Yeah. But and trust me, you know why? Because I know what I do every day. I know I need to make X amount of phone calls every day. I know I need to have X amount of closes every day. I know I have to create X amount of content every day. I know I have to follow up with X amount of people every day. I know I have to build X amount of people every day to duplicate what I'm doing. And by speaking of duplicating, big shout out to John Mason, first generation cash flow millionaire, official as of yesterday. Wow. Made a million dollars in business in the last 52 weeks. Very proud of you, John Mason. We'll be on my IG Live tonight. So... There's not a passive investment where I put my money into if I have a good amount of money saved up. I look to find ways and ready to deploy it for opportunities. And how, you, how, how do you know what opportunity to be deployed? That's investing in your financial literacy. For example, I'm thinking about investing a couple, couple pieces of commercial real estate. I'm thinking about investing in uh, buying a, a, cat, a, a musician literally has their catalog up for sale. Okay? And by the way, if I would mention his name, you would, everybody knows his name. He's selling a portion of his music catalog for me to buy it. Is we're on the phone with the lawyers. Uh, my, my buddy was on the phone with the lawyers yesterday. He's like, I can buy this catalog. Everybody wants to buy it. It's the best catalog ever. 
And like, great, it sounds like an opportunity. What is, what, what's the numbers? What, what, what are you asking? And here's my next question to him. What are you not asking? I don't know. That's, that's what you need to find out. You need to find somebody that's bought music catalogs before, pay them $10,000, pay them $50,000, pay them $100,000, spend an hour with them. Find out what questions you're not asking about an opportunity because the, question, the, the, the thing that helps you out is not the question you ask that you get answers to. It's a question you don't ask that you find out, oh, shit, I should have asked this when I'm about to buy it. Yeah. Those type of things. That's why people get home inspections before they buy a house. It looks great. Curb appeal. I want to live in a baby. But, babe, there's a crack in the foundation you didn't know about. Why? Because you weren't asking. You didn't know to ask. So that's how I would ask that question. And I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. We'll unpack it. We'll figure out what type of good money that you do have. I can say to too as well, secondarily from a passive income standpoint, the best way for me was to pack my life insurance policy with a ton of cash because it's allowed me to leverage that money five years later, 10 years later, 15 years later to purchasing real estate, to purchasing multiple, several cars, to, to investing in, in baseball cards. Why? Because I had the money packed up and earning interest because remember, when interest rates also go up, guess what also goes up? The crediting interest rates of which these insurance policies credit you on the fixed portion of the bucket. If you don't have all your money inside an IUL, some of it is inside fixed, some is IUL, boom, and there we go. Done. So, all right. Beautiful, baby. I'll see you on Saturday, man. Great show today. My man. That being said, drop your thoughts, your comments, put it in the comment section below. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit like. With that being said, appreciate you. See you next Thursday. We're doing Thursday again. Thursday we'll see again. you next Thursday. Uh, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock Central Standard Time. That being said, from Dallas, Texas, on behalf of Milton Alvarez, I'll be mighty smart guy until meet again. Continue to live smart, continue to love smart, and be mighty smart today. Bye-bye.